from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So I've been out to a Super Bowl radio row a handful of times. It's a circus. You can have a lot of fun conversations. But and the we've gone once, once with a team in the Super Bowl, the Carolina Panthers, which kind of opens up special privileges. Alex Gold, this is like old hat now with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's there at Super Bowl Radio Row covering the Chiefs. Alex, how are you, man? Hey, what's going on? Yeah, it's, uh, it is kind of now almost, I won't say expected, but it's not <laughs> as surprising anymore for Chiefs fans to, to find themselves in a, a Super Bowl. That's what happens. Then you go to three out of the last four. And so trying to remember that it's still uh, not some, something that's supposed to happen and, and should not take it for granted, that's for sure. Alex Gold joining us. He's at Radio Row in Phoenix, 610 Sports in Kansas City. Uh, Cody and Gold is the show. So here's my curiosity, Alex. You know, this, this this has been one big, I don't want to say like making up disrespect because there was a conversation about just how good Patrick Mahomes was. What's the window? I'd rather have Joe Burrow. It's Josh Allen's time. I feel like it's hard for me to process disrespect for a team that features Patrick Mahomes, but I can see it. Is this is this something how how Kansas City's been processing this as well? There's a little bit of disrespect, and they're proving it wrong with the Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to the off season, no question. Uh, the the talk about the Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson, and suddenly they were going to be a favorite for some people, right, to, to win the AFC West or what we've kind of seen for the last couple of years. Everybody tries to, to find a way to convince themselves that the Chargers uh, are going to win the AFC West. So it started with the divisional talk, and a lot of people believing the Chiefs weren't going to win the division. Uh, then it continued, of course, uh, with more of the Tyreek Hill conversation of him getting traded, and yet the Chiefs ended up with the number one scoring offense in football. And then you highlighted Joe Burrow. I mean, that whole week of the, of the trash talk, uh, from Cincinnati's side of things more more than anybody, uh, I think fired fans up. And clearly, but everything that happened in postgame, if you guys heard some of the postgame audio, and we all saw it on the podium there with Travis Kelsey, I mean, this was something that they were thinking about, mm. even if they were quiet during the week. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a unique spot. The Chiefs are also maybe able to claim they're the underdog. I mean, officially they are the underdog for this game. Uh, so that's that's unique to where uh, usually when you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't, you don't get to say that you're an underdog. Alex Gold joining us here on the OG on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Vias. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Alex, you mentioned they had the number one offense. Do you think they missed Tariq Hill, or do you think they didn't miss Tariq Hill? So, look, I mean, he's, he's going to probably finish second in offensive player of the year, Tyreek Hill will. So, and, and he was incredible this year for Miami, so it doesn't mean that he's not still one of those top two, three receivers in football, but no, they didn't miss them. I mean, they, they were better, not just number one offense this year, but they were better statistically than they were a year ago. So I don't know how I can, I can sit here and still say that they're, they're worse off with, without him, uh, you know, being in, in, in Kansas City. Uh, do I think in this game against Philadelphia, it'd be nice to have uh, some extra speed out there? Yeah, yeah, no, no question. But this team still has a quarterback that led the league in 40-plus yard completions, and that was without Tyreek Hill. They, they don't take a ton of deep shots, but they have some guys still that were able to get yards after the catch. So I, I think it was viewed that way going into the season, including myself. I thought, oh, man, there's just no way you can replace uh, the production. And here's how they did it. They didn't replace it with one guy. They, they were able to replace it with MVS and Juju 
and a little bit of McCall Hardman, even though he was hurt for much of the season. And then you still have Travis Kelsey. I think it would have been much more difficult for them to pull this off. And the trade never happens if, you know, Travis Kelsey wasn't someone they still believe could be performing at this level. I mean, he's essentially their number one wide receiver. Alex, I wouldn't wish it upon you, but if you could have seen Marquez Valdez-Scantling in 2013 at <laughs> NC State, your mind would be completely blown that that guy is not only in the NFL, but still in the NFL and balled out in that AFC Championship game. Much, much credit to him, man. Now, did you guys still you, – so you just said Marquez. He, Marquez is, is obviously how it's pronounced. The reason why I bring this up, he's, he, take, like, he takes it very seriously. He, he will not answer questions if you say his name wrong. Mm, so it's, oh. it's, we say MVS, but it's Marquez. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but it's something he takes very, very seriously. It's kind of in a joke on our station now. Well. Uh, there's a funny <laughs> soundbite where he says – someone says the, the, his name wrong, and, and the reporter quickly like, is like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's this hilarious soundbite because this reporter was like freaking out that they upset Marquez Valdez-Gamble. You tell Marquez you're allowed to call him Marquez – the number of times he dropped passes at NC State, which would give you free reign for the rest of your radio career. You know what? I'll say this: he stepped up big last week, though, or two weeks ago against against. Cincinnati. Yeah, full credit. Really like needed him. I'm telling you, man. He was, he was he was fantastic in that game. But yes, uh, he he has his fair share of drops, no doubt. Alex Gold joining us, 610 Sports, Kansas City. Cody and Gold is the show. Uh, I know Alex. The only reason why I know Alex, I've never met Alex, but uh, <laughs> at his previous stop, we we were living a bizarro world where he did a show with a guy named Joey, and it was Joey and Gold. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Adam Gold. Uh-huh. Jo- what? So uh, so here we are. So that's how I've gotten to know Alex, <laughs> so, just through, through social media and whatnot. So we appreciate his time. All right, so you you mentioned the guys that stepped up in that game against Cincinnati. I, I you can't do that again against Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia's defense is a different beast, uh, and they blitz a bunch, and it'll be a real test to see how much Patrick Mahomes can create with a cast of characters that was on their you know where where where, where were you on your third string running back at that point, fourth string running back at that point? Well, I mean, you know, you you just look at this game against Cincy, he was down to Marcus Kemp, their fifth string wide receiver. You know, they were, they were, they were down to Marcus Kemp, uh, a guy that wasn't even active, maybe even their sixth wide receiver, if we're being really honest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would agree with you that against Philadelphia, who's the number one sack team in football, the Chiefs are second, but that gap is, I think, 15-plus sacks between the two teams. Uh, they need Juju Smith-Schuster's need to be ready to go, and he did practice today. They need, uh, you know, you go through the to- Tony, his ankle. They need that ankle healthy for this game. I don't think uh, they can go a full game against the Philadelphia Eagles down to their fifth option at wide receiver. And we saw even against Cincinnati, there were a couple possessions where you were wondering, would they ever be able to move the ball again against Cincy because of how short man they were and Mahomes' ankle injury. Now, I I think Mahomes' ankle is going to be even better than what it was just because of time more than anything else. Now, he's still not going to be 100%. The question, uh, I think, more than anything is going to be, do the Chiefs' left tackle in particular – Hold up. That's Orlando Brown Jr. going up against that defensive front that has been so dominant. Can they give Mahomes enough time and then combine that with maybe a slight bit more mobility? Uh, to me, that's going to be crucial for the Chiefs to, to win this football game. You know, I, I think 1 through 53, Philadelphia is clearly the better team. Um, but if you believe that's going to be a close game, I, I just struggle to see how you can convince yourself if it's five minutes to go in the game and the game's tied, uh, who would you rather have? as your quarterback in those moments, in those spots. And we've seen time and time again, Mahomes deliver. I'm not saying Hurts can't. I just haven't, I just haven't seen it in this kind of football game yet.
Alex Gold, Cody and Gold, 610 Sports, Kansas City. Hey, man, we appreciate it, and we're not even going to engage in any sort of barbecue conversations. So we, we, we got that going on. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that that stuff that you guys got out there, unfortunately. <laughs> not a big fan. just said we're not going to engage. Alex, I said we weren't going to engage. I got I'm nothing, gonna, I got go nothing but respect for the note. sauce. I got nothing, <laughs> but respect, nothing but respect for the sauce, Alex. Nothing but respect. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it as always. I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab some some ribs or something when I get back to KC, and, and maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to do a cross bet. I don't know what sport maybe. we can do it for. Maybe. maybe if the Panthers can can get back to to being where we can start talking about them. Which, well, by the way, love the hire. Love the hire. I was gonna Frank say Wright, step so. step one was getting rid of that bum Matt Rule. So uh, I agree in the right direction. <laughs> All right, Alex. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. The OG alongside Joe Gilio, I'm Joe Ovias. Yeah, there are some weird, bizarro radio parallels out there in the world. For instance, there's another Joe Gilio who does sports talk radio, and he's in Philadelphia, and he won't return my texts. Maybe we need Joe Gilio to text Joe Gilio. I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens. I don't know. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists. Talented surgeons highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline right now is West Durham ACC Network, ESPN. Wes, what's going on, man? I'm excited to hear that the uh, brief history of Triangle Sports is coming back. It's back. I might, I might need your help for season I, three, but we'll see. Well, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke here. That was the first uh, iteration of it was terrific last summer. It was, yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun to do, and and part of it mm -hmm. was to tell stories of people who are connected to why mm -hmm. sports kind of ended up being the way that it is for instance the first episode's about tony rigsby who's been doing radio for 50 years in this market wow he he helped shape the beginnings of sports talk radio yeah. adam gold and i ruined it so i mean you know it, it's it's well, there's, there's hey, a cycle me, to life wes there's a cycle let me, to life let me, let me say this courts talking about the bullfrogs was radio gold by the way <laughs> how they had to take the check and run to the bank and hope that they got there before the check bounced that was the bank system. That was my favorite part of the conversation with Chris Corciani, NC State yeah. legend, who knew the shortcut to the bank and got right. there before they closed on Friday while the other guys, not from this area, had checks that bounced. It was pretty brutal. There so, yeah, go. brief history yeah. on the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks will start next week. Maybe I'll That's do Roman Gabriel and the Raleigh Durham Skyhawks. Is it not Roman Gabriel was the coach? Roman Gabriel was the coach. I did not talk to Roman Gabriel. Um, He's, I don't think he's in a state to talk right now, but mm. I did talk to people who were around Roman Gabriel. And there's Tony Haynes. Tony Haynes tells a very interesting story about Roman Gabriel uh, in a future episode of Brief History of Triangle okay. Sports. Good. All right. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe I'll do a brief history of Triangle Sports on, on the North Carolina Tar Heels, how they went from um, uh, a half away from winning the national championship and having an incredible, Ooh. incredible march to remember. Ooh to whatever this is that we're seeing with the Tar Heels right now. Like, I don't want to be alarmist, Wes, and you can maybe talk me yeah. off of this, but when you got a veteran group that ran it back like other Tar Heel veteran groups had done in the past, 
And the conversation coming out of your loss to Wake Forest is, if you don't want to be here, you can go ahead and quit. Mm-hmm. On February 7th, I that's a wrap for me, man. This this team ain't it. It ain't happening for them. Um, I thought the first six minutes last night were as puzzling a sequence of basketball from Carolina as I had seen all year. And, I mean, the first two minutes, two and a half minutes, they're playing well. They look like continuity is in. And then all of a sudden, I noticed, well, Caleb Love hadn't taken a shot yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I noticed, wait, dead ball, timeout, Seth Trimble for Caleb Love in the lineup. And then, like in the first 10 minutes, I saw Armando Baycott spot up for three at the head of the circle. Hmm. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Meanwhile, Wake Forest is conducting their own and one mixtape at the (laughs) other end with Tyree Appleby. Right. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at at Wake Forest and going, Wake Forest, this is a group that, you know, is kind of just, you know, in the middle of the fray, so to speak. And now all of a sudden they look like, well, quite frankly, they look like the 82 win bulls at times or 72 win bulls at times, I should say. And, you know, next thing you know, I mean, Carolina's down and and just to show you how great the net is, Mm. Carolina ends up losing by what, seven or something. And the next thing you know, they only drop what, two spots in the net, four spots in the net, weight goes up one. I mean, come on, what are we doing there? But it is a head scratcher with Carolina, Joe. There's no getting around this now. Um, this is three in a row with Clemson coming to the Smith Center on Saturday. And by the way, the Tigers have uh, have lost a couple here yeah. that they need to kind of get sorted out. So it's the Miami you know, it's, game. It's the Miami game next Monday that I'd be more concerned with. That's the one that I think. It, in look here now, I saw Miami live and in person on Saturday at Little John. And Dan and I were having the conversation earlier today here in Blacksburg. I'm not so sure Miami's not the best team in the ACC right now in a lot of reasons. And, oh, by the way, right behind Miami might be Pitt. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Pitt played last night and did exactly what you're supposed to do when Louisville comes in your building. You did a demo job on somebody. You You didn't let them hang around. You didn't do anything. Now, Saturday at Florida State, they got receipts from what happened a couple of weeks ago at the Pete. So we'll see. But, but right now, it is a Pitt, Miami, Virginia, and Clemson gets to decide Saturday in Chapel Hill how much they want to stay in the discussion, in my opinion. Wes Durham joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Elias. I'm Joe Giglio. Let's stick with the Tar Heels for a minute here, Wes. Do you see a path home for them where they could make a Final Four run? Is there, no, is there a tweak that could be made? Is there a spark that could be found? I mean... You know, Julio, from the standpoint of lineup and personnel, um, I mean, look, you're getting Baycott and Washington is repping the minutes when Armando goes out. Uh, the Pete Nance combination, um, I think Leaky Black, you know, is what Leaky Black is. He's a terrific perimeter defender who can get you some rebounds, but is he going to be a double-figure scorer for you every night? I don't know. The thing to me that is the most mysterious about Carolina and the reason I'm not sure there's a path is that Carolina needs those three guys, Love, Davis, and Baycott, to be fully engaged, plugged in, amplified, and the volume turned all the way up in order for them to make that kind of run. 
and in all honesty, how much have we seen that this year, let alone here recently, is my biggest concern, I think, with where Carolina is. No, we haven't seen it. And I look, I think the issue I think the issue that Carolina has right now is that we and it's easy to do. I get it, right? We we the last thing we saw is how it's just gonna be this continuation. But if you look at the larger sample size now of the three guys that you mentioned, Armando Baycott, mm-hmm. RJ Davis, and Caleb Love, the consistency of the three is Armando Baycott is excellent at collecting stats. Armando Baycott, it's not meant as a knock. Armando Baycott can really take over a game because he's so good at pulling down missed shots, getting to the line. Right. Those, those things mm-hmm. absolutely matter. It's the other two who have been the wildly inconsistent ones. And when you look at the larger sample size of 2021, Roy's last year, the majority of last year after the inflection point in February, what, February 16th and their loss to Pitt. So up until that point, and then this year without Brady Manick, it sounds harsh, but this is just who they are. They're okay. They're not a bad team. They're just okay, like everybody else is right now in the ACC, which gets to a larger, a larger point. The ACC is old school this season in that the teams are so bunched up, home court clearly matters. Clearly matters. To the tune of 64% of the games in the ACC have been won by the home team. I think it be, I think it's a lot of fun this way, by the way. I think it's actually made for what I thought was going to be a not very compelling ACC season into a low-key compelling mm-hmm. ACC season. But we couldn't admit that about Carolina. We couldn't put them in that group. We had to put Carolina in a different spot because, I guess, history? Is that why? Is history the reason why sure. we put them I, in that look, spot? I, same reason that when the fall rolls around and Alabama loses to LSU and to Tennessee, we're supposed to still think Alabama deserves a college football playoff berth. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the reality of it. The brand names are pushed by the media, and you know we're here. We're here. You know, I'm not saying you got to shovel a dirt in your hand, and Carolina's being lowered into the ground. But we're seriously concerned about Carolina's stability to have any kind of momentum at all when they host Duke at the end of the regular season and certainly when they go to Greensboro. Not that they're going to play on Tuesday in Greensboro, but, you know, there was a good bit two months ago we thought that they would be a a double by given Mm -hmm. in Greensboro. Mm -hmm. And now the reality of it is I got a card here with five schools on it and their remaining schedules – and, yeah, Carolina factors into the five, of which four will get a double bye. But of the teams not Clemson, Pitt, Virginia, Miami, NC State, I would take Duke and Wake Forest as the next candidates to be contending for the double bye before I get to Carolina at this point based on the track record. And I'm not trying to kill Carolina, but the same problems Carolina had early in the year still, to me, appear to be some of the same problems. Yeah. And that's not a good sign for anybody. On the flip side of that, uh, Wes, one of the teams last night that we saw was Wake Forest, who had their own struggles. Mm -hmm. But you see them starting to kind of come into their own with Appleby and Monsanto, the the guards playing the way that they are. It does feel like Wake is solidifying their position in the NCAA tournament. I think so. And I think, like, tonight the team we have here in Blacksburg – has a chance to take another step to potentially find their way back out of consideration and potentially into that discussion, Joe. 
it just feels like that there are teams that are coming from the middle of the stack that want to make February runs because their tournament technically starts before the tournament starts, right? Um, and I would certainly put Wake in that category. I would put Virginia Tech in that category. Um, I mean, Virginia Tech's you know, going to get credit for not having Hunter Couture. They're going to be graded on a curve, right? I, I would, would hope so. so. I would, uh, well, I mean, from what we've seen from we, them and with yeah, him I mean, and without Boston, him, I mean, to to that degree, we ought to think of Boston College without Quentin Post too, mm-hmm. for that matter. You know, I mean, but at the same time, Hunter Couture got hurt late in the first game against Boston College back in December and didn't come back until uh, you know a couple of weeks ago, and he's been terrific. But I, I think you have to look at Virginia Tech and Wake Forest as the two teams that have the firepower. What Steve Forbes has to be thinking today is we got to clean this up a little bit through the rest of the regular season because I don't need an El Dosarito in Greensboro to take me out of play for the NCAA tournament like last year in Brooklyn. I mean, that is the reality, I think, for where Wake Forest does not want to be. Right. And given kind of the metrics, and we all know the metrics aren't crazy about the Deacons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Northern non-con. So you've got to be able to push through a little bit about where uh, about where Wake Forest might want to be before they get to Greensboro. Virginia Tech's resume feels like a fever dream to me. It is oh, a weird. Did, one. did you beat Virginia? Yeah. Did you beat Carolina? Yeah. Did you beat yeah. Duke? Yeah. Well, yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> well, well, we haven't beaten anybody else. Yeah. You see, we'll you see what happened. Lost what to happened? Syracuse, what? and we. We, uh, West Durham joining us here <laughs> on the OG. We'll close on this, Wes. We don't we don't spend a lot of time talking about Syracuse basketball, but I guess do Jim we, Jim Beheim, have to <laughs> right Jim Beheim's new tactic to get us to talk about Syracuse basketball is to act a fool. Uh, whether he's picking fights with Syracuse media or now wanting to pick fights with fellow ACC coaches, you're I I don't want you to reveal names. I know you're super plugged in. You talk to coaches things like that, but. I was embarrassed for the league because of Jim Beheim. How, so embar- how embarrassed was the league actually, though, when you would talk to some folks? Um, I think there are a lot of people that are really kind of like, really? I mean, you got your own deal going, man. Right. You know? Yeah, he's got a guy. He's got, a, pl- he's got some booster that's got like a million bucks for, for His guys. name is Adam Weitzman, and okay. he sits at the table right next to him. Gotcha. Thank you. And I'll see him next Tuesday night when Dan and I are there for state in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth, okay? We don't. We go to do a game with Syracuse. We had them a week ago Saturday against Virginia Tech, right? I mean, we don't have a lot of connection with Jim Beheim in those visits. Um, we don't seek a lot of connection. We, if he was available, that'd be fine. We're not going to push it, right? I mean, we get our material and our information about what Syracuse is. The man's coached 47 years. It's clearly stated he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. We know, yes, I'm well aware he lost 100-plus games to an NCAA violation that should give him 1,100 wins. But to flat-out say something about an institution that is just not true is ridiculous. Yeah. And whether you're frustrated about your team or you're frustrated about the fact you didn't want to be in the league and all these other things. I just don't get it. And yeah, I'm disappointed that it happened. I'm disappointed for the ACC. I'm more disappointed and kind of insane. And he's got no reason to give a flip about West Durham. Okay. But I'm disappointed. Jim Beheim did it to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And look, Pete's a good reporter and he let Beheim talk, but I know 
I, I feel pretty confident that all the accusations made and all the apologies made afterward are going to feel kind of hollow given the way the season's gone and some of the things he's done. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing, too. Are we not sitting around waiting on the next one? I mean, see, that's the other thing, too. Now the post game is overshadowing the game. It is. Because yeah. somebody's going to – and you, Gilio knows better than all of us. Somebody's going to be sitting in a room saying, okay, let me see if I can get the Hall of Fame guy it might to be, ignite here in the post game. It might be us. Uh, yeah, I'm no, not, you I'm guys are handing out. You guys are handing out Johnny Walker Blue and pizzas and everything else. So <laughs> it's not going to be. You guys have now become the concierge. If I you don't will, know. I don't know. Of I, ACC I, I, basketball. I float. I floated an idea to our boss earlier this week about Jim Beheim for the ACC tournament. <laughs> that would. It was pretty funny. That would tick him off, but that's neither here nor there. All right. If it happens, come on, come on, come on. We can't end on that. All right. Well. It involved the billboard. It involved the billboard. Oh, wait, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. Hold on, Wes. Uh, Hold on, Wes. Too bad. Hold on, Wes. Talk about the Super Bowl. We talking about the Super Bowl. Okay. You're here. You're the voice of the Falcons. Yes. How's this game There's going? There's a bird involved. There's a bird involved. Will there be overtime? That only happened once. Uh, um, so can I get one more Andy Reid Philadelphia story before Sunday by chance? <laughs> How about the Kelseys? Has did anybody you know done Kel a Kelsey? You know Have we done a Kelsey yeah. story yet on this show? Although okay. we, we did get into an interesting debate, you know, because the mom's out there. The mom's got to have a favorite, right? Yeah, I mean, she can't play that. Oh, I love both my sons deal. No, 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 no. We know there's always no. favorites, Wes. I will say this. Mm -hmm. Awfully proud of Harrison Butker as the Kansas City <laughs> kicker, a proud graduate of the Georgia GT. Institute of Technology. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Knew you'd have something for us. Panthers legend. All right, Wes, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you later. Panther yes. By the way, well done, Charlotte. Yeah. Right? All right good thing Wes. you hadn't. Hey, good thing you've had great kicking stability since you cut him. Jeez. Oh, All right, Wes. On that note, get out of here. We'll talk to you later. See you, boys. Yeah, but I did have a, uh, I did have a billboard idea for for Jim Beheim, we'll see. We'll see if it actually happens, and if they'll actually use the word that I suggested. Don't think that you don't think that's going to happen. Okay, fine. It's a great idea. Don't it get me probably wrong. won't happen. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You say Eagles, you say Philly, you say you say cheesesteaks, you say KC, and it's like, oh, ribs. So Jillio and I went on a field trip today. We went over to Longleaf Swine for lunch and we talked to mark russell co-owner of longleaf swine and we got the conversation going on all right what makes kansas city barbecue kansas city barbecue oh gotta say you gotta start off with ribs okay i think ribs is pretty much like the staple for kansas city barbecue um you got your sauces that obviously like slather on top of the ribs but um yeah i think i think kansas city barbecue is very like very pinpointed to ribs with the sauce like just the thick glossy sauce on top of it um but yeah with uh other barbecue of kansas city i'd say like they do some focusing on like pork and all okay. of that but okay. i say ribs is pretty much 
their exactly. their niche their niche thing. You're sure. using barbecue as an umbrella term, which I do. I'm from New Jersey, so okay. I, I don't want to get you in trouble here in the state of North Carolina <laughs> at your fine establishment, the Longleaf Swine, because when we say barbecue in North Carolina, it's not a bird. Right. It's right. just a, a very specific chopped pork. But you're. I'm okay with this usage of barbecue because mm-hmm. it expands the umbrella to what most people outside of the state sure. think of. And I, I, when I think of Kansas City, I think of the sauce. Right. So how does it differ from just the, the vinegar base that we see here? So like you were saying before, I mean, uh, barbecue North Carolina is like an actual, it's an actual thing. It's not just like going to events saying that you're right. having a barbecue. You can't do that. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, well, we have barbecue and then we also have ribs and chicken and brisket and all of that. And whenever you say barbecue here, it's like everyone's like, it's chopped pork or pulled pork, one of those two. There's nothing wrong with sauce though, right? People get very passionate about sauce. You got sauce here, right? Yeah, yeah we have all sorts of sauces. I mean, you got a piece of everyone pretty much mm-hmm. nowadays. I mean, it's pretty much why we're doing brisket too. Like you can't open a barbecue restaurant nowadays without having brisket on there. And so that's kind of like where we're at with just like the Instagram version of yeah. like everything. Um, Sorry, so uh, with Kansas City, does the, does the smoke matter in Kansas City because there's so much goopy sauce? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Can it come through over that sauce? Because that's always, that's always the point for me, or what I was kind of taught when I moved to North Carolina. You don't necessarily need sauce to appreciate the barbecue. The, the, the hook is the smoke, the smoke ring that right. you see, the pink. So with KC barbecue, are we trying to accomplish both? What am I missing here? I think it's more just like that's kind of like their their style. I mean, same thing with like Texas barbecue. Like you're not going to see anyone putting like sauce on your brisket or anything like that. Okay. And so it's just kind of like wherever, like wherever like you're culturally fitting in in that region. Is there such a thing as the wrong barbecue? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. <laughs> Give me a pile of smoked meat so you yeah. could lather sauce all over it or no sauce. I don't care. I'm going to eat it. Now, there will be <laughs> some people who protest and say the mustard in South Carolina, but I actually like the mustard sauce. I like right. them all. I love. I, I do enjoy the mustard sauce, too. Like, I know it's probably going on the radio, but they're going <laughs> to shut us down for it. <laughs> you don't but, make it here, but... <laughs> well, we, we actually do have mustard sauce do right you? here. Yeah. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying... Are you, are you telling me that Roy Cooper and all the government officials that are right across the way haven't come to shut you down? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if they see the gold and tangy sauce on here, I mean, <laughs> it may cause a riot. <laughs> yeah, but to your point about barbecue, barbecue is... I think every culture has some form of barbecue, right? Oh, 100%. You know, because, like, for me, for Cubans, it's lechon. Yep. It's about the, the particular marinade they use. But there's a they put it underground, and they have it there for a while, whatnot. But at the end of the day, you're just cooking pork, right? Yeah. I mean, my mom's Puerto Rican, so, like, we eat pernil, like, all of that. And, like, yeah, you have your pork that you cook, mm-hmm. and you base it with your mojo sauce, and, like, there it is. Like, it's barbecue, essentially, but, yeah. It's the oldest, it's the oldest cooking style like known to man. You know, get some coals going, throw some meat on top of it. So, hold up, are you telling me you're gonna be doing some specials here? You got a little, you got a little Hispanic flavor at oh, some yeah. point here? Yeah, we could throw throw in some mojo sauce on some like uh, some like uh, head cheese uh, croquetas and all of that Ooh, that we're trying to mess with. Okay. Yeah. okay. I actually have a uh, bacalao soaking right now. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do bacalitos. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's like, wait, what? Huh? What? So, no, well, I'm excited, though, about, first of all, we're at the Longleaf Swine, corner of Edenton in person. A, a landmark spot here. We got the 
post office. We got the governor's office. Mm-hmm. Great spot to be, number one. Number two, your your wood supply has me. I love burning things. Yeah. Especially during the pandemic. That's all I did was burn things in my front yard. Talk, talk to me about what wood you use and how you, you store it and how much like you use per day. So we use like an oak hickory mix. It's pretty much like all you can find around the area. Um, City of Oaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's fallen oak trees everywhere. Um, but with the smoker that we have now, it's a, it's like a heat assisted smoker. And so pretty much we start off with like probably like seven to eight like logs. And then probably about every 30, 45 minutes, you throw a stick on there and it kind of keeps that smoke just going. As long as you have a good like pile of coals pretty much. Um, I don't even know if I want to eat. I just want to come and, and be the guy who burns things. Yeah, it's, it's a great job. <laughs> a lot of people signed up for it till they realize how much work actually well, I mean, goes into One day, it. just one day. Yeah, just one day. <laughs> yeah, we'll have y'all come in for a fun, uh, fun little stash. That sounds like content. We'll talk to Video Joe about it. Hey, Mark, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you all very much. Fun conversation with Mark over at Longleaf Swan. And yes, we will go back there at some point. Joe, you can throw wood into the smoker. Are you excited about that? I am because you know I'm like awake early in the day. It feels like, a, you know, what's wild is we we were. How long would you say we were near the smoker? Oh, two minutes, three minutes. I still smell. Uh, it's still delightful, like smoke. And yes, it is pretty delightful. Lunch was great.